of the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. It's Panhandle Sports Live. Crossover, step back! Where the Eastern Panhandle of West Virginia comes to get their sports live. Is this the dagger? Great night to be a Mountaineer, wherever you may be. Agent back to pass, rushed out of the pocket, throwing it downfield. It's into the end zone. Oh, he caught it! Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner, Luke Wiggs, and Parker Stone. It is Thursday the 3rd. You're tuned into Paint Handle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths. Since 1995, Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths have delivered distinguished remodeling services to our home community of Martinsburg. From new construction to remodeling, Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths can design your new kitchen or bath. Their talented designers can bring to life any concept you'd like to create. So check them out at mountaineerkitchensandbath.com on Facebook, or you can visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. I'm Jordan Icewinner, alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. Good morning, fellas. Good morning. morning. What's going on? Big you know, night last night in baseball. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it, it's a it's a it's a brighter world now that I have internet at my apartment. Oh, so nice. I'm not no longer a watching these World Series games on my phone. And instead, I'm watching them on a television while I fall asleep trying to keep up with there what's you going go. on. You know, it's easier like to fall asleep now. watching something on TV than it is on your phone. Exactly. You don't have to worry about your phone hitting you in the face or something like that. There's a I fell asleep once. Um, I think it was on a road trip for baseball somewhere in college. But uh, with my phone, it looked like I was still awake, depending on how you look at me. But I was sitting straight up, holding my phone like sideways, watching it. Kind of funny <laughs> stuff. But yeah, uh, and it's also a brighter world that the Phillies will not sweep a World Series, in my personal opinion, because uh, they got what? To group no hit last night, uh, mm-hmm. team no hit, which is always kind of cool. Second time in uh, World Series history, which Swarber had a pretty funny comment. He was like, afterwards, he said, yeah, I don't care, uh, but at least we're in the record books, which is uh, kind of <laughs> interesting. But we'll start uh, talking about all that stuff a little bit later on. Let's get into some local stuff. Shepherd Volleyball going into the postseason ranked 10th. Uh, in the region poll. Now, I think that's a little surprising to a lot of people, especially as uh, Shepard Rams volleyball has been uh, pretty good for the last couple of years now, a good handful of years. Uh, and they struggled a little bit this year, but it was really, what, a six-game stretch there midway through the season. And then other than that, they've uh, been lighting teams up all year long. Yeah, they certainly have. Uh, but that's a big blemish, I think, for people to overlook. You know, volleyball is another sport like football uh, where you can have a one or a two or a three loss season and really differentiate yourself from the rest of the pack. It's, it's not like baseball where you can have 50 games and have a, a skid that's easier to hide in your schedule uh, but I think there's just a couple games left in the regular season because I know they have senior night coming up against Westchester uh, but Clarion's number one uh, there's some Mountain East Conference representation here with Wheeling at two Charleston at four Fairmont State at five uh, other teams in the PSAC, Gannon's at three, Indiana, Pennsylvania's at six, Edinburgh at seven, then West Liberty, West Virginia State, and Shepard coming in at 10. So it's a good sign that they're not left out of the picture. And full disclosure to our listeners, and I'll try to know this by next show, I don't know if it's the same as football, how many people make it. I doubt mm-hmm. it. I think it's more of an NCAA tournament structure like basketball. So I think they're in pretty good shape for the rest of the season if they're able to have a good showing in the conference tournament uh, to get into some postseason play. You know, had they been left off this list, it'd be a a lot harder for them to rectify moving up four, five, six spots 
uh, towards the end of the season than it is right now. So certainly able to right the ship. But you think about that six-game losing streak, uh, Parker, obviously, you know, there's a big difference if you're able to win just one of those games. You know, this is at the point of the season we've seen it with high school football, college football as well. We were just talking uh, with Josh Sims yesterday. You, a, a win gets away from you in the early mm-hmm. part of the season. And you think, oh, well, you know, well, oh, well, we'll get them next time. Then you get to the end of the season, you realize how important that was. That one point loss to Hedgesville for Spring Mills. But, you know, in this case for the Shepherd volleyball team, I'm sure one or two of those matches were just on a razor's edge that were just defined by, you know, that one moment, that one kill, that one pancake. The volleyball turns, I don't know. And, uh, and you're going to look back at it and think, man, that if that would have been the other way around it make the huge difference in our season we're gonna have to make that a volleyball term now to find a way no, to incorporate so i think there is a pancake i think because you can like yeah and you can as long as i was, I was uh, trying to say dig dig was the one i was trying yeah. to come up with i think as long as Block, it's kill, palm down. dig pancake yeah palm down pancake yeah. palm sure. down help pancake. us out volleyball fans texas show <laughs> say, i'll just get myself get my sister to call it she'll, she'll get it figured out for us and it, it's a testament to how this rams team turned it around when you were losing six straight they've won 10 straight games now and they've really saved their season with that win stretch they got two games left all going down this weekend you'll have both will be in the butcher center by the way if you're going to want to go watch some shepherd volleyball and check them out in their last couple games senior night is this friday night against westchester then tomorrow saturday or no not tomorrow saturday at two <laughs> is going to be their game against Millersville, and that'll wrap up their regular season. But again, credit to that coaching staff for turning it around. Claire Ellis has been a back-to-back PSAC East Defensive Player of the Week for volleyball. Shout-out to that team. They've been playing great so far, and they're looking to make a good run here with the riding of the ship. Yeah, you know, it takes a lot of resilience, especially in the PSAC conference, which is always pretty tough for volleyball. I mean, once you get into those Pennsylvania schools, uh, it seems like all of them have, you know, historic and storied volleyball programs. And Shepard, well, they're just as good and just as storied. And, well, uh, I think you're right, Luke. I think with those, uh, well, I think it I think it was about six games almost in a row that they lost uh, to different PSAC opponents. I think that might be might have been just a little bit too much for people uh, to overlook. But if there's any team that can, uh, well, get things turned around, it's going to be this uh, Shepard Rams volleyball team, that's for sure. And I think I know we've been saying it all season long. We got to get out there and watch one of those games if we uh, all can figure out time to do it. Absolutely. But uh, continuing on with Shepherd Talk, of course, tonight at 7.30, it's going to be uh, another Ernie McCook show live from Captain Bender's Tavern in historic downtown Sharpsburg, Maryland. Uh, Burger night, of course, uh, $3.50 drafts all night long as well. So if you want to come out and get some good food, uh, listen to some Shepherd football talk for an hour, well, it starts at 7.30. And tonight, it's going to be a fun one. James Bell and Curtis Jefferson, some offensive line, will be joining the show. They are uh, affectionately referred to as the Bash Bros uh, by their teammates. So if that's any indication, they should be a good rough and rowdy time. And then, of course, it'll be the social media team will be joining the crew as well. They uh, have done so much on the Rams, uh, you know, Instagram and Twitter and Facebook page this year, which is such a big deal, I think, when it comes to especially college sports now. Having a, you know, active and present social media team can do wonders for a program. Yeah, and you know, I don't want to call out some of my brethren at WVU, but you think about all the people that come through, you know, what's called the Reed College Media and, and all the, the resources that are there for a college, Division One, Power Five, whatever social media team. You're talking about, you know, five or six full time employees and an army of students. You know, 20, this guy takes the pictures, this guy edits them, this guy puts the caption on it, you know, this guy mm-hmm. edits videos, you know, this guy makes the graphics, whatever. You know, the social media team for Shepard, if I'm correct, you know, they've come to a lot of the Captain Bender's events and, yeah. you know, what you see is what you get it's yep. a table of you know three four, or four yeah three or four <laughs> ladies a couple of guys in there as well they do unbelievable work you know the the, the social media coverage which that's what recruits see yep. you know that they're on twitter you know 
it's not like they get to turn on ESPN and watch Shepard playing, you know, Thursday night football. They see what's on social media. They see the graphics. They see the highlight videos. They see pictures of the atmosphere and the fans, and they say, "I want to play for that team." And I think it's important that it's great content that's being created by them, obviously, but they're only doing it with the the handful of what you would call employees. Yeah. And it, just to levels of what it goes to, you've seen so many college teams, social media teams, NFL teams, it's kind of taken a wave. And that's how you pull fan bases in with a really good social media team. We've seen it with the Buffalo Bills have kind of started the movement on TikTok right now. They've caused some crazy stuff. Tennessee's football team, I saw one for them yesterday, did kind of a similar thing to what Buffalo did after their win over Kentucky. They went crazy with it. And that, I'm really happy that social media team at Shepard's been doing really good with their stuff. They, I've gotten a kick out of the uh, mic'd up stuff over the week. Wednesday, I think there was another one drop. I think it was some of them would talk about what they were, what they think their teammates going to be in ten years. I think is what it was for yesterday. I I can't remember who was. Uh, I, have to, I haven't seen any of them. For oh, it's it, they were funny. One of them was I think I think Joey was talking about Adam Stilly like gonna go and coach and be like a integral coach in an environment and then adam was like yeah i think joey will have a successful nfl career at offensive tackle and then some of them were all all over the place like one of them was like uh he's gonna he's gonna be a house husband with three cats (laughs) who do you think that would have been who were they talking about on that i think I think one of them may have said that about Christian Etchinson, if I'm right. I could see that. Like three cats. It's it's a good time. It's it's been fun to see that team get to work and get to make kind of make these guys more than the football player. Because you think about it, these are these are college kids. Mm-hmm. They're still having a good time and seeing them behind the lights of a football field it, it's fun it's fun to see absolutely and, and you're right I mean I talk to people uh, that I know that are Rams fans that you know are down in Florida or different parts of the country and that's the only way they can really keep up that and of course the Ernie McCook show which you can hear uh, live every Thursday at 7 30 p.m. over on 95 die the big dog you can come on out to catch Benders. it's just down the road uh, in Sharpsburg Maryland last week it was the mac and cheeseburger did you get that it when you good. were there it dude good. it was so good it was, it was really good <laughs> Parker did you get oh never mind you were uh, it was an absurd <laughs> Of macaroni and cheese, you know, falls off the burger, and then you had a side a of burger. macaroni and cheese. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, that you know, actually, Parker, I know you said you were at the gym. That would have been a great kind of protein bump there at the end of the day. <laughs> a little mac and cheeseburger, kind yeah, of beef yourself back bump. up. Nothing says I went to the gym like demolishing uh, back eighteen hundred calories. <laughs> yeah, nothing says I worked <laughs> out like going. Yeah, I can go stop at McDonald's now. Like that's not a big deal. I right? felt I felt so dirty yesterday, so I went to the. Uh, <laughs> what do you mean by that? <laughs> well, I, I didn't get to work out yesterday. I had a dentist appointment right after work, mm. and so I got my dental work done. And then I come back, my mouth's numb for what feels what like. What did an you eternity. have done? I had a couple, it, I had a couple oh, fillings okay. done. And then I guess they're flossing, man. I, I thought you had I like, a, like a teeth cleaning and you were just you were just numbed out. No, it was just got a couple of them taken care of. And then I it's like seven, a little after seven o'clock. I'm like, you know, I I made my way to the dentist today. I'm you know what I'm a I'm a I'm a treat myself <laughs> to a little Caesar's because, pizza. There you go. Hey, absolutely. <laughs> two two words you never thought would be thrown Hot together. Ready? Hot and ready? Of course. Absolutely. Two two words you never thought would be thrown together. Treat yourself to a Little Caesars pizza. Look, look. You know what? You, be careful. This is how it starts. In two weeks, you're going to start looking like me. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you're now, drawing let, a line here. Now, listen to me. Little Caesars pizza, sneaky, 
really, really, really good. There, it, it has to be. It's a, it's a, it's a matchup pizza for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. it's not something you got to seek out. You're driving I'm, by, you're like, yeah, I could do that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like or it's just like I've, I've got no money, got to get it to payday, and I'm really hungry. Let's, let's knock out a little yeah, Caesar's I'm pizza ready for like a dollar fifty. You know, <laughs> although the deep dish ones are really good too. Yeah, good. And I've been known to uh, maybe on a Sunday pizza Sunday, maybe DoorDash a little Caesar's. Not proud of it. See, well, that's but the, it's good nonetheless. That's the thing. That's like a like a, I'm like a medieval peasant. I I don't know why anybody would order what they want from little caesars because the idea of walking in saying what do you guys have made yeah and just getting walking out with an entire pizza and a blink of an eye <laughs> it's just a crazy idea to me and I don't, hey man. how do you not take advantage of it's that? 2022 <laughs> if, if the the opportunity is there for somebody to bring me food i'm gonna take that opportunity even if it is an immediate 15 dollar bump in a price because uh you're getting it delivered uh but we'll go hit this break we'll come back we'll talk a little big 12 basketball because gonzaga i think is uh setting themselves up to be possibly exposed uh, if they do end up joining the Big 12. And then a little bit later on, we'll be chatting with Berkeley Springs head coach Terry Ray as the uh, football season is wrapping up. We'll get his thoughts on what was a tough season, especially after last year's uh, success and just missing out of the playoffs for the Tribe. Uh, it was a tough season this year, so it'll be interesting to get his point of view on that. But that's in a little bit later on here on Panhandle Sports Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, part of the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Bath. You can check them out at mountaineerkitchensandbath.com, on Facebook, or at their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. I'm Jordan Ice Warner, alongside me Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. Uh, and before we start talking a little, uh, a little, what? Thinking back at the season that was for the Berkeley Springs Indians on the football field, let's talk a little Big 12 basketball because I think that's pretty big news that came out yesterday was that Gonzaga is thinking about uh, you know joining the Big 12. Big 12 is getting this new big media deal. Gonzaga would definitely help pump those numbers a little bit. Uh, but you know, I think Gonzaga is one of those things that, yes, they've been successful once they've gotten into the national tournament, which really is the litmus test, right? But they get there because they don't play anyone in their conference. So now they go into a conference or potentially go into a conference that's as good as the Big 12 and that has been historically as good as Big 12 has been the last what like decade or so. Uh, I think they have the opportunity or the potential to get exposed that, you know, yes they're a good team. I'm not saying that Gonzaga is a bad basketball team because obviously they are uh, as good as they are. But I think that's because they've had these walkthrough regular seasons for the last, what, 150 years or whatever. Sure. And, and like you're referring to is Pete Thamel of ESPN that said that their athletic director, Chris Standiford, met with Brett Yormarks, the new commissioner of the Big 12, about potentially Gonzaga joining the conference, which is funny. Every single person that heard that had the exact same question, does Gonzaga have a football team? And no, they do not. They, they used uh -huh. to. Uh, and I don't know if they would have to get one back joining the Big 12, but establishing a Power 5 program on the fly like that would be kind of brutal. I think it's a good idea for the conference in, in terms of basketball. In my opinion, and I understand there's a lot of Big 10 basketball fans out there, but I think the Big 12 is the best college basketball conference, at least from top to bottom. There aren't any duds in the conference because that's how competitive it is. you know. And you see teams getting better, and much to the chagrin of the Mountaineers who finished last place because of it, but guys coming in like Mark Adams, uh, Chris Beard going over to Texas, the guy um, coached at Loyola is now the head coach of Oklahoma. His name escapes me. Uh, he's going to do good things with that 
program if he gets more time. Um, I think Gonzaga coming in would help strengthen the brand. And, and Cincinnati's obviously got a historic program that Bob Huggins had built. Mm-hmm. They're uh, top 10 all time I saw recently in the amount of time spent ranked in the top 25. So Gonzaga would do a lot to bolster the brand. Now, in terms of what you said about them getting exposed, that's a double-edged sword because I think you're right. But at the same time, the certain level of recruiting that they have to themselves right now, which is impressive, goes up even more right. when they've got more money, better facilities, better that's conference, true. better exposure, better whatever. Their stadium, if I'm correct, still only sits 4,000 people. Oof. Yeah. Wow. And it's an incredible atmosphere, and because of Mark Few and because of the success that they've had, uh, because of the Stocktons and whatever that has gone through there, right. they've been able to recruit. But you throw Power 5 money behind that, and I think is able to take a step up. And you're right. I think they get punched in the mouth early. But the flip side of that is they dominate a conference, and they don't know how to win big games. If they don't dominate a conference and then get back to dominating the conference, all of a sudden they do know how to win big games. So you can make the argument, like you said, that they could get exposed, and you're right. But they could also, because of how good that program is now, good of a coach Mark Few is use that as the the springboard into being a very competitive team because Gonzaga year in and year out gets knocked out in the Sweet 16 and people said well all you did was play San Francisco and St. Mary's you know and now you have to play a real team and you you shudder under the weight of the competition well when you increase the level of the competition it would probably make them a better team and I think it's a no-brainer for the Big 12 if Gonzaga wants to join even if they don't have football I just in my opinion would not get a share of the new media deal which is over 50 million dollars a year going out to these teams oh, now the uh, the name you were looking for for the oklahoma coach porter moser yeah porter, was, Mo- porter we, moser we was. abused porter moser at the coliseum mm. as a member of the, the wvu student section back in the day <laughs> porter moser oh my what a, goodness we had a good time but to to luke's to luke's point i think gonzaga joining the big 12 would only strengthen what is i agree the best conference all around in men's college basketball from top to bottom you've got Baylor, you've got Kansas, the last two national champions. Texas Tech was an overtime away to make this, what we're saying, three last national champions to come from the Big 12 Conference. It's an elite conference, and it is the best conference for college basketball altogether. Gonzaga joining the Big 12 will only bolster that. And there could be some doubts coming forward. There may be some growing pains with consistently playing teams like Kansas, Baylor, WVU, Texas Tech, Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, as opposed to playing San Francisco and St. Mary's, St. I don't St. whoever at this point, but Pepperdine, St. Pe- Pepperdine, yeah. Cal State Fullerton, Cal State Fullerton, just teams like that. Go Anteaters. It's it's it would be a great move, I think. I think Gonzaga's at a point they're at such a level in college basketball they need to move to a Power Five conference, and I think this would be a great move. I think it'd be good overall. Now, if they need to bring in football, that's a conversation that could probably be had. Maybe they could be a basketball only member to some level of that kind of like what. Notre Dame imagine has West won? Virginia going to Washington in November for football. <laughs> no, Ugh. no, I can't. At that point, I Yuck. at that point, I think you really need to establish a Big Twelve East and a Big Twelve West because they aren't doing conferences. That's a good point. They're not doing divisions. I should say when they no when they right add now. the new teams to the Big Twelve, they have already said that they're going to have protected matchups. But for football, they're not going to do divisions. Hmm. If Gonzaga and other teams were to join, if they were to pick them up, because they think the next school they're going to go after is Arizona. If they get Gonzaga and Arizona, you're right. I think at that point, you at have that to point, you divisions. need you need to split the line at somewhere. Whether that's between can probably that Kansas, I would imagine, or Iowa State would be where that line would be. But again, if Gonzaga does join the Big Twelve, I think it's a humongous ad for the conference. The Big Twelve has just been growing all together. They've had a fantastic year of football, I think. I think it's been most one of the most competitive conferences in all of college football this year. 
because you really don't have a team that's really stood out outside of TCU. Both all the teams have been beating each other, which is fantastic for the conference. But I, I think if this move does happen, we're looking at an even stronger Big Twelve and a solidation of saying this is the best conference for college basketball in all of the NCAA. Well, they're going to move the needle regardless. Have a good zag in there, whether if it is just a basketball thing or not. So I think financially it works, but I don't know. I think it could be. I think growing pains is a good thing to say. I think there's going to be plenty of growing pains for. Gonzaga, if they do join the Big 12, and man, it's sad that you don't uh, hear people talking about the ACC being a you know tough basketball conference anymore. Once Maryland left, it changed everything. Once the Turpies left, it all everything. Once was the gone. Turps no, left, it all went. Everything to was gone, man. Everything left. But I think the biggest takeaway, really quickly, is that the Big 12 is not going to die. You no, know, it's no, not going to no, go no. to the Big 10 ACC. There's not going to be the Power Three. You know, people are still worried about the Pac-12, and rightfully so. The Big 12 just signed a huge media deal, even though Texas and Oklahoma are leaving, and Gonzaga is in interested in joining the Big 12. That's a good sign uh, for the future of the Big 12 long term. Well, Parker, here in a few minutes, we're going to be taking a break and then chatting with Berkeley Springs head coach Terry Ray. Now, of course, uh, their football season last year, well, I think it was a surprise to many how successful they were. They were really one game away from making the playoffs. Uh, and then, well, that team graduates really I think really the whole offense and really a lot of the big keys on defense ended up graduating so uh, people didn't know what to expect from the tribe this year and well the season didn't quite go the way that they expected it to or wanted it to yeah it was a tough season for Berkeley Springs they did they finished without a win this year it was a lot of growing a lot of growing pains it was a young roster I think they only graduate eight this year it was a lot of trying to figure out things, I think, for Berkeley Springs, trying to figure out. You had a four-year starter at quarterback. Once he graduates, that's always a hard issue to try and replace that. And I think at the end of the season, they figured out who was going to be the next quarterback for Berkeley Springs. But half the season was really trying to figure out who was going to be their quarterback. I really don't think they really figured out who's going to be their lead running back. Throughout the season, there were multiple guys stepping into that backfield. But and then the biggest highlight, I think, of the season was the play of Gavin Young, even with the quarterback situation going on. He still had a great season and really established himself. Again, we mentioned before, he was a Cole Fields and Co. top 25 wide receiver coming into the season at only a sophomore. And he still had a great season, even with everything going on. That's, And I'm interested to hear what Coach Ray's got to say and what we can expect for the 2023 season. Well, we'll be chatting with Coach Ray here in a few minutes, so stick around after the break on Panhandle Sports Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Sports Live with Jordan, Luke, and Parker. Tweet the guys at EP News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths. Check them out at mountaineerkitchensandbath.com on Facebook, or you can visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. I'm Jordan Ice Warner, alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. And joining us on the line is Berkeley Springs head football coach, Coach Terry Ray. How you doing? Good about yourself, guys. Well, we're hanging in there. Appreciate you taking a little time to chat with us this morning. And, well, the uh, season is coming to its full end. Uh, and, of course, looking at the schedule and looking at the results, not necessarily the uh, outcome you were looking for this year. But looking back, I mean, what can you take? What are the takeaways from this season? Uh, our schedule our schedule was, was pretty tough this year, and our record doesn't really reflect what we progressed as a football team this year. Uh, we played a lot of young guys. We got the, a lot of experience with our sophomores and junior class, uh, and we were happy with the progress. Definitely not happy with the outcome of the season, but we're, we're happy with the progress. Coach, you're only graduating eight guys from your senior class, and I want to talk a little bit about your quarterbacks throughout this season. Of course, you started the first half with Connor Duvall, then you decided to roll with 
Connor O'Brien for that first game against Oakland, and then you go with Aiden Kane, who started last four of the season, and seemingly won that job towards the end of the year. Is that is that what your mind is right now, or is it still going to be pretty much an open competition as you try and get past the Gavin Barkley era at quarterback into 2023? Uh, we started off with Connor. He was because he played back up the year before. Uh, he did certain things that we liked doing. Uh, as the season progressed, we noticed that we needed to start throwing the ball a little bit more, so we went to Aiden. Aiden probably would have started at Oak Glen, but he had a concussion from two weeks before in a Frankfurt game, so we went with Chase with Oak Glen and then uh, baby-stepped Aiden into that game to see how he could handle it coming back from a concussion. But uh, Aiden Kane looks like he's going to be our quarterback of the future, and Connor's probably going to be his backup. And I want to ask this about Aiden as well. Of course, he had, he flashed some moments when I, when I saw him calling the Berkeley Springs game. He's got a great arm on him. Just some moments where it seems like either he's a little hesitant to throw the ball and he takes the sack or he tries and makes makes a hero play with his arm and forces an interception. Is there Has there been like growth in learning with him trying to figure out the quarterback position because he's only a sophomore? Well, he's uh, his freshman year, he was our JV quarterback and he got to progress a little bit. And then he got to uh, get the start five starts under his belt this year. Uh, he's progressed. Uh, his interception is trying to sling it. We got in the last four games of the year, and we told him to start building his confidence. If he thinks he can get it in there, get it in there. We really weren't going to be too upset with him. Uh, his pocket presence got better as the season went on, uh, but uh, we're happy with Aiden, and I think he's going to do well moving forward. Well, Coach, obviously uh, the highlight, like you said, from the season is a young core and players that are going to come back and make impacts. But uh, could you touch on some of the seniors uh, that played some of their last football for Berkeley Springs and Carl Lester Allen, name, to name one, Ambrose as well, uh, DeMario Cook. These are players that you know maybe didn't get the senior send-off that they were hoping for, but certainly helped you you know keep the, the, the character and the content and the effort of this team uh, throughout the season. That's what I told the senior class on senior night after the game. The record doesn't reflect what they've done. Uh, this group, guys, this group of kids have been with me for three years. My first year here when I was the D.C. and then the last two as the head coach. Uh, but Carl Lester, he did really well for us this year. Uh, we're going to miss him. Hunter Ambrose has been a, a cornerstone for our defense and our offense for the past four years here. Uh, DeMario came in and transferred in two years ago. He played solid as a junior and senior. Uh, the one that really helped us out this year was Austin Patton. He got hurt his junior year. He was a solid kid his sophomore year and then helped us on both sides of the ball this year. Uh, we're going to miss those guys. Uh, Evan Slavinsky came out for football this year and helped us here and there throughout the season. Uh, but those eight guys, they, they put a lot of uh, effort, work, and they bought into the system here. And yes, we were 0 and 10, but they uh, they kind of like set forward the progress of what we want to do here as the culture for Berkeley Springs football. Really into this season, Coach, looking at it, it was mainly figuring out who was going to be those core replacements for most of your skill positions on offense, losing your top quarterback, losing your top running back. Two of your top three receivers were out for the season. Now it's really turning to this point where now you got to ask the same questions with both your lines. You're losing Austin Patton, you're losing Demario Cook, you're losing Hunter Ambrose. A lot of the pieces on your line is going to be leaving into this year and coming into next year. How are you feeling about what you're getting coming back next year for your line and how that's that going to progress? Uh, we're going to have to look at We have some kids that played JV ball and filled in this year for injuries. Uh, Tristan Combs is probably going to have to step up and play on both sides of the ball. 
Uh, we got a couple younger kids, uh, Christian Norris, uh, Adam Rippian. We're probably going to move down the defensive end. Uh, there's guys we're going to have to work in. We're just going to have to progress them in the off season and get them in the weight room, get them a little bit stronger. Uh, we have guys. It's just where they're going to fill in. We're returning mostly all of our uh, skill position sets, uh, and we got Gavin Young coming back for our, our deep ball threat and wide receiver threat. Well, Coach, when's the uh, work get started for next year? Are you going to take a little bit of a break, or we're going? We're we're taking a break until Thanksgiving, and then after Thanksgiving, we're going right into the weight room. Uh, well, Coach, if I'm correct, doesn't that mean uh, we're starting to get into wrestling season, right? Isn't that also a program that you're pretty heavily involved in over there in Berkeley Springs? Well, I'm not heavily involved, but I'm heavily supportive. I'm a big wrestling guy. Uh, because I run the weight room, I can't really get in and help out wrestling as much as I'd like. But I support our wrestlers a lot. And believe me, I'll be up Aiden Keen's, uh rear end all wrestling season. <laughs> well, what's, uh, what's the, the, the brief snapshot for this upcoming season for Berkeley Springs and wrestling? You got a couple of dudes there? They got we we have a couple state uh, qualifiers coming back, a couple state placers. Uh, you have uh, Gabe Clark who played middle linebacker for us. He's been a state placer and a state qualifier. Aiden Kane was a state qualifier last year. Evan Zombro qualified for states in place last year. Uh, they have a solid core coming back, and they got some young guys that need to step up. But it should be an exciting wrestling season here. Our basketball season is looking pretty good too with Ty Mir in that group. Yeah, and we'll be having a couple of those, well, most of those uh, Berkeley Springs basketball games. Uh, and, of course, football next year when that comes back around over on our sister station, 92.9 to be XDC, where you can hear Parker Stone uh, with the play-by-play. But, Coach Terry Ray, thank you for joining us this morning on Panhandle Sports Live. I appreciate it, guys. I'm going to miss you. I can't wait till next year. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'll be there. It'll be here before we know it, right? Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you, Coach. All right. Have a great day. And that was Berkeley Springs head football coach Terry Ray. Was and he you know, in the homeroom? Is that what yeah, that was? Yeah, I'm pretty sure probably. I mean, it probably was. I, I know he is a teacher over there. I believe it's Jim, right? Yeah, he's, I, he's, I, think, I think it's a teacher. He's either phys ed or history, if I'm correct. Yeah, one it's one of the two. <laughs> those could be any separate. It's one, it's, it's one of those. I, I'll have to confirm that with coach here very soon. But yeah, to, to sum it up, it, again, the schedule was really tough for Berkeley Springs this year. They had to make some long road trips going all the way up to Tucker County, going all the way up to Oak Glen this year with a young core and a lot of young guys that really were getting some of their first experience at the varsity level. And yes, this is this is a tough season if you're a Berkeley Springs fan, but it's something you can build on for the future. There were two games that were very winnable games up into the fourth quarter that you could argue they should have won, but just some events happened and the game ended up slipping out of their control. Some injuries in the fourth quarter, some miscommunications, and that's what you get with a young team. You're trying to figure things out, and this is a small area. It's a smaller school mm-hmm. compared to the other ones we're looking at. It's not You necessarily don't have the talent pool that some of the other areas pull from, but it's a team that's built on – it's it's toughness, it's character, it's grittiness, it's being in the same classes with your teammates all the way through. That's what Berkeley Springs football is really about with these guys. And I'm fully expecting the Tribe to make a bounce back into this next season. It's really the big point is going to be trying to replace those pieces on the line. you got three guys who are solid and Pat and Ambrose and Cook into this year. And really the, the development of Aiden Kane at quarterback, I think that's going to be the real big question because at times it felt like the Berkeley Springs offense was a little bit hindered from the quarterback play, depending on how things were going. There were some good moments from Connor Duvall, don't get me wrong, and Aiden Kane as well at quarterback. But at sometimes it felt like the playbook was a limited, and I think the biggest thing for Berkeley Springs as well this year is trying to find that number one running back because it still seems like they were trying to struggle finding the successor to Evan Thompson in the backfield. You had Connor Duvall playing running back towards the end of the season. Carlester Allen saw a lot of backfield snaps this year. 
finding that number one running back in this offense is going to be a big thing come next year, I think, and what I think should be a better season for Berkeley Springs fans if you're a fan of the Tribe. We well, appreciate Coach Terry Ray taking some time out of his work day uh, to chat with us here. And if you missed any of that conversation, you can listen back to it a little bit later on today over on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. But we'll step aside for a few minutes, come back, we'll get Parker's picks. We'll wrap up uh, a little bit of the, well, NBA action that was last night. Please, can we not talk about the Knicks game, guys? Can we not <laughs> talk about that? I, I told Luke this morning, I said, Jordan is not going to be a happy camper. I have 40 points. They were up 40. And he lose by what, 15? Crazy, man. Blame it on Julius. Uh, anyways, we'll be back with more Panhandle Sports Live on WPM and WCSD, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Sports Live, your home for sports in the Panhandle. Here's Jordan, Luke, and Parker. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths. You can check them out at MountaineerKitchensandBaths.com on Facebook, or you can visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. And Jordan Nice Warner alongside me, Luke Wiggs, and Parker Stone. And it's time for Parker's yeah, Picks. Yeah, well, that's called beginner's luck. Luck, 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 Yeah, I like to call this my lock of the day. Prove it, it's never fails. Never failed once. Seems to be the story of this week. Two for three once again on bets last night. You're a pro baseball player. You'd be having a successful I'd career. It. I'd be killing it. Yeah, yeah. Kyle Kuzma hit, hit his lock of the day, so we're undefeated. Yeah, Solid 2-0 and for the month of November for locks. Shout out to uh, Lori Markin and only scoring 14 points last night as the Jazz choked the lead against the Dallas Mavericks. They were up, I think, by almost like 15 at one point in that game. But guys, oh, that sounds familiar. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll get into that in a little bit. Don't worry. We'll we'll, we'll give you your time to rant. So for tonight, of course, no sweat Thursday. Thursday night football. We've got Eagles and we've got Texans, and mo- most people think is going to be a no contest in this one. And you are probably right. The Eagles are looking like one of the best teams in football. The Texans are looking like they're probably going to pick in the top five once again. So, lock of the day for this. I'm sorry, Houston, but I'm going Philadelphia Eagles. They got a rebound from the Phillies' loss last night. Eagles' alternate spread, 9.5, is going to be my pick. The regular spread is 14 points. Don't know if it'll get that bad against Houston, but I do like a 9.5-point spread to favor the Philadelphia Eagles. I can see this game going like 31-20 or something around that line, something to be a little safe for that two-touchdown spread. I'm going with nine and a half points. You can spot the Texans, and the Eagles will cover that one. A.J. Brown has been having a dominant past few weeks. I think four out of his last five games, he's had, what, like 70, 80 yards receiving. We'll play it a little safe. We'll go 60-plus receiving yards because if this thing turns into a blowout, they they may pull some of the starters and just rest them up a little bit. I like 60-plus receiving yards tonight for A.J. Brown as he keeps that ball rolling in the Philly offense. And rookie sensation Damian Pierce. I think he's going to score a touchdown tonight for the Texans, so it won't be all worries for Houston. I think Pierce will find his way into the end zone for Houston as they still try to figure things out. So, again, lock of the day, Eagles minus 9.5 against the Houston Texans. There you go. So you have been pretty successful uh, here here in recent weeks uh, with Parker's picks. Yeah, I try to be. Try to win you some money if I can. It, and again, this is a uh, this is not a guarantee. The only thing I will say I will take fully embarrassment for is if I miss lock of the day. The bonus picks. Want to let you know those are just my suggestions. If you got a suggestion, let me know at three zero four two sixty four three two one. If you got a bet pick you like, we may use that for Parker's picks. Or if you'd like something for the next day, I might consider your pick to be one of my picks for Parker's picks coming in the later weeks. What's your, uh, tell them your Twitter if they want to get at you. Oh, if you want to at me on Twitter, it is at ParkerStoneWVRC. 
There that, you go. That is where you want to, if you want to reach out to me, tweet me your slip, let me know what you got going on. It's at Parker Stone WVRC will be the handle to reach. Well, let's talk about that World Series game uh, a little bit last night. Of course, the Astros no-hit the Phillies, a combined no-hitter. But I think, uh, and we talked about this before we got started this morning, I think that, in my personal opinion, that does it for the Phillies. They had to win every game at home to have any chance of taking this World Series, especially now that they're heading into Houston where the Astros, I think, are undefeated all year long for the most part. Uh, But what do you guys think? Do you think that's about it for the Phillies? Do you think they got a little extra jolt in them once they get down south? What do you think? They got to win tonight. Um, I, I don't see a world where they go down three games to two and go to Houston and win two in a row. I just in that environment with those fans. Although we got to talk about obviously what's going on in Philadelphia and that stadium. Uh, what's the expression or how would you put it? They they registered on the seismic oh scale gosh, twice mm-hmm. uh, for the sound that they were making there uh, at that stadium. Uh, but nonetheless, I, if they don't win tonight, I think it's over. I think uh, Houston could even then still stumble once and Houston enforce a game seven or whatever. But if the Phillies don't win tonight, I think it's over. I think the question, though, that I wanted to ask you guys, and you know, it's becoming a question more and more you know, as Major League Baseball becomes more analytically driven, uh, is Christian Javier. And obviously this game's defines the second ever no-hitter in World Series history, but obviously the other one is Don Larson throwing a perfect game, which I think, you talk about unbreakable records. I was reading an article today, Cy Young winning 500 games in his career and Don <laughs> Larson throwing a perfect game of the World Series are probably the only two that come to mind when it comes to untouchable records, at least that jump off the page to me mm-hmm. um, in Major League. The RBI record, I think, is 190 for a season. Oh my That's gosh. not going to get touched. But anyways... Uh, Javier goes six innings, strikes out nine. Pitch count was high, but and the, the numbers, I should have had them in front of me, of all eight people not named Javier or Don Larson that had a no-hitter in a World Series game through six innings, all were able to go out and pitch the seventh. Javier gets pulled. Oof. Now, that's obviously, the bullpen comes in, slams the door, whatever, but you've got a five-run cushion, and Javier, I really don't think is going to pitch again in this World Series. Probably not. Maybe out of the bullpen in Game 7 for an inning, maybe. Best case scenario. That means it's probably the last time he's going to pitch this season. When you end on a high note, but how does Dusty Baker pull him in that situation? you got to give him a chance to try to do it himself, right? I don't know what his exact pitch count was at the time, but I'm shocked they didn't let him pitch the seventh. And I think that's just part of the way baseball's going now. You're you're not going to see many no hit single pitcher no hitters or perfect games anymore. Yet it's just not going to happen for the analytics and people are going to pull save the pitcher's arms. You're not you're not going to see it as much. So if you see something like that, appreciate it for what it is because managers are really saving their throwers arms they're saving their pitchers arms they're not going to let them throw too deep into the game they're going to pull put in the reliever and just call it quits just to be safe with the team for pitcher wise and for longevity of pitchers it's a great move but for those moments you're not going to see many more of them i think and i'm in agreement there i wish christian javier would have went a little bit deeper into that game just for it to get the single no hitter because that would have been a great moment for his career but I, I, I get it at the same point. You're trying to save pitchers' arms for the long term. The Astros are trying to win multiple World Series, not this just this one this year. And Christian Javier is going to be a key part of that team moving forward as you got an aging Justin Verlander in your lineup too. Well, and as we're kind of bouncing around here at the end of the show, uh, looking at the rundown, you guys got Sean McVay saying he's going to retire uh, once Stafford, Donald, Cup, and Ramsey end up leaving. Apparently that's the rumor going around. He was going to retire last year. Yeah. Well, that's... Sean McVay came out and said it. It was reported yesterday afternoon that he's 
he's tied with that core group of Aaron Donald, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, and Jalen Ramsey. And basically, when they're gone, he's gone, is what he said. Hmm. So He's not even 40 yet, is he? No, he said he's going to retire. Wasn't he like 23 when he got that job? He was in his 20s. He, he is 36 years old. 36 years old. Hmm. That Sean, nice. Sean McVay is younger than Tom Brady, if you think. or He's just, he's just like the same age as Aaron Rodgers and a, been a your head coach for, what, five years? That must be nice throwing a couple of years of work and then retire. Yeah, you know, not, not, not take a lot of hits. It's retire not like before the age of 40. Back. Retire yeah, before bad. the age of 40. And you're in L.A. the whole time? Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> not that gig. Talk about life. Hacks. I would say this. I'd say that's probably McVay letting it the bag out out saying okay i'm gonna leave the rams whenever we start to get bad just getting the out out there already basically the out there. he's yeah, just gonna he'll, get himself out you're there. right he'll he'll well, i don't want to use john gruden as an example uh he'll he'll go to the booth <laughs> yeah. as a color commentator for four or five years you know make some money and then come back and then come back for a, come back for a huge million dollar deal for like the dallas cowboys yeah or the something. next time that there's a super team Exactly. The same thing. Like It's exactly what Sean Payton's doing. Mm-hmm. He's going to get yeah. that Cowboys job the second, what's his name, Chuckle Nuts gets fired. Uh, I'll say this. I think there's a better chance of Sean Payton coaching the Los Angeles Chargers than there is the Dallas Cowboys right now. Really? I, I put a so. lot of money on Payton to be the next coach of the Dallas I think, Cowboys. I think that's probably where Sean Payton wants to end up eventually, but I think there's a really good chance he ends up with the LA Chargers because I think there's a decent chance Brandon Staley gets fired this offseason and they could bring in Sean Payton to kind of mentor Justin Herbert. And I like that combo together. Well, I want to know how quick uh, is there a Super Bowl trophy in Miami? That's that's tough because they the just mean we within five years we within extended, five years you think I think so I, if they keep that core together Tua's looked good as someone said this it was really funny Tua has looked fantastic and the Dolphins have looked good as long as Tua's brains haven't been splattered all over the field oh my god I was like that's a little much <laughs> wow I said oh that goodness. was a little much but, but the thing about I thought that, you were gonna say as long as he remembers it the thing oh. about that is when it comes down to uh, I mean, elite quarterbacks win Super Bowls because we would have said the same thing about the 49ers three yeah. years ago. Yeah. And now they've had to take two huge steps back. I, mean, I can't believe he said it either. Um, uh, That's a direct quote, not okay, my words. Yeah, say, make sure, please say that again. Yeah, not my it. words, the internet's words. But you need the elite quarterback to do it. And because of what you just said, few seconds ago i don't know if that's going to be two or not i think it is get the I, producer to edit that out. i have i have confidence. that won't make it into the podcast <laughs> i have i have confidence in tua to be a good quarterback he's been with tua you got to have the right weapons around him and i think tyree kill and jalen water are the best weapons to have around tua he's looked good as i mentioned before he's looked fantastic and mike mcdaniels seems like he's a really good coach he's kind of formulating the game plan around Tua, making things easy for him and the defense got a lot stronger they got their trade acquisition bradley chubb they just signed him to a massive five-year 119 million dollar contract extension so good on miami for capitalizing on that i i think it's there it's a possibility i think miami contends for at least the next five years with like the bills the chiefs out of the afc and the cincinnati Bengals and baltimore ravens too could you imagine a super bowl parade in miami on south beach crazy it, Ooh, it will not end well crazy it Ooh, will not a party. end well hey party well fellas we got just about a minute and a half left any final thoughts uh, no one or an auto. Shout out to your Cardinal, Luke. Tenth straight gold glove ties Idrio for the longest streak to start a career in MLB history. Yeah, you know, and all the Pirates fans that are listening, I, I don't care about Brian Hayes. I really don't. I really don't. <laughs> Pittsburgh he doesn't, the man, Pittsburgh dude. doesn't deserve any rewards. For I love the bad Brian Hayes. He's, hey, he's a West 10. Virginia Power. Well, there you have the Pirates. Yeah, so West Virginia Power uh, legend. And my West Virginia Black Bear legend too. Is he played a couple of games in Morgantown? I mean, I'm, I like him, but it is what it is. Also, uh, game of the week tomorrow. Tune in. Be there. Be square. Listen to the McCook Show tonight. Listen to the game of the week tomorrow. Listen to Shepard on Saturday. Have yourself a nice football weekend. That's right. Now, great follow on Twitter is Lane Kiffin. 
And uh, he was playing this at their practice yesterday. Oh, god! A little Taylor Swift anti-heroes. So we're going we're gonna to go out to that today. So if you missed a show today, listen back to it a little bit later on of our Panhandle News Network. Facebook and Spotify page for Parker and Luke. I'm Jordan. Panhandle Live is next. We'll talk to you tomorrow. and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here too.